You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Sandstorm is an Iranian cyber espionage campaign. A cyber attack against a telecom provider affects government and corporate online operations in Colombia. Python node stealer takes browser credentials. Caesars Entertainment files its 8K. Meanwhile, some MGM entertainment systems remain down. Betsy Carmelite from Booz Allen talks about how to leverage cyber psychology. Ron Reeder of Centra outlines the threats for connected cars. And a third-party incident exposes personal data of the Manchester police. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Intel briefing for Friday, September 15th, 2023. Microsoft warns that the Iranian state-sponsored actor Peach Sandstorm, which Microsoft formerly tracked as Holmium, has been launching password-spraying campaigns against thousands of organizations since February 2023, with a particular focus on the satellite, defense, and pharmaceutical sectors. The goal of the campaign appears to be espionage. In a small number of cases, the threat actor succeeded in breaching organizations and exfiltrating data. Microsoft says the capabilities observed in this campaign are concerning as Microsoft saw Peach Sandstorm use legitimate credentials gleaned from password spray attacks to authenticate to target systems, persist in targets' environments, and deploy a range of tools to carry out additional activity. Peach Sandstorm also created new Azure subscriptions and leveraged the access these subscriptions provided to conduct additional attacks in other organizations' environments. We note, of course, in disclosure that Microsoft is a CyberWire partner. An incident broadly characterized as a cyber attack that began Tuesday hit Colombian Telco IFX networks and has affected the company's customers. According to statements by Colombia's ICT ministry, these include some 760 companies in Latin America, as well as at least 20 Colombian government agencies. 
The agencies include the Health Ministry, the Health Regulator, and the Superior Council of the Judiciary. Columbia's Cybersecurity Unit, PMU Cyber, has established a command post to cope with the emergency. The judiciary seems to have been particularly hard hit, and many courts will suspend operations until September 20th. Columbia Reports says that early indications are that IFX Networks was the target of a ransomware attack, obviously criminal and presumably financially motivated. Netscope describes a campaign that's using Python scripts to steal Facebook business account credentials, along with all available cookies and credentials stored by the browser. The malware is a new version of Node Stealer, distributed via Facebook Messenger. Netscope says... The new Node Stealer variant we detected was hosted on the Facebook CDN and was sent to victims as an attachment in Facebook messages. Images of defective products were used as bait to convince owners or admins of Facebook business pages to download the malware payload. Unlike previous Node Stealer campaigns, this one uses a batch file instead of an executable as the initial payload. It can be easy to forget that stuff stored in the browser, even cookies, can be valuable. We turn now to the recent attacks on Las Vegas casinos. As expected, Caesars Entertainment filed its 8K with the SEC yesterday at roughly noon Eastern time. The company said that its customer-facing operations, including physical properties and online and mobile gaming applications, were unaffected but customer-facing operations don't extend to all customer data. In particular, Caesar's loyalty program database was compromised. The information acquired by an unauthorized actor includes driver's license numbers and social security numbers for a significant number of members in the database. The company is continuing to investigate, but so far has found no signs that members' credentials, bank account information, or pay card data were exposed. Despite that preliminary finding, Caesars is extending credit monitoring and identity theft protection to affected customers, whom it will be notifying over the coming weeks. Caesars said, We have taken steps to ensure that the stolen data is deleted by the unauthorized actor, although we cannot guarantee this result. This has been widely interpreted as an acknowledgement that the company negotiated a ransom payment with the criminals who took its data, The Wall Street Journal put the amount of ransom paid at $15 million, half the $30 million the attackers demanded. In addition to hardening its own systems, the company said it had taken steps to ensure that the specific outsourced IT support vendor involved in this matter has implemented corrective measures to protect against future attacks that could pose a threat to their systems. Caesars said it had incurred some expenses due to the attack, and might incur others as investigation and remediation proceed. It also acknowledged the difficulty of predicting the incident's effect on guest behavior. Nonetheless, they said, We currently do not expect that the incident will have material effect on the company's financial condition and results of operations. So, Caesars has made its assessment of materiality and decided that, for now at least, the incident is unlikely to have a material impact. The other casino operator under attack this month is MGM Entertainment. Cyber criminals appear to have stolen six terabytes of data from MGM Resorts and Caesars Entertainment, Reuters reports. Scattered Spider, an Anglophone affiliate of ALF-V, has been talking up its attack against MGM Resorts in particular. 
Members of the group have been boasting in their Telegram channels that their original plan was to rig slot machines and use money mules to drain them, but when that didn't work out, they fell back on traditional social engineering to gain access to the company's systems in a ransomware operation. The Financial Times writes that the spiders evaded detection from the company's security team by using common remote login software and access to MGM's corporate VPN to impersonate an employee's digital footprint. They ran their malware remotely and claimed to have penetrated the system within five hours of starting the attack and evaded detection for eight days. A principal key to the gang's social engineering success is its members' native proficiency in English and good idiomatic control, which rendered their approach more plausible than the usual Hello, Dear One, phishing emails so many non-native-speaking gangs use. The AP reports that some MGM entertainment systems remain unavailable in the aftermath of the attack. According to Bleeping Computer, there was more to the attack than data theft. The attackers claim they also encrypted more than 100 ESXi hypervisors. A statement by Alf V, also known as Black Cat, said... After waiting a day, we successfully launched ransomware attacks against more than 100 ESXi hypervisors in their environment on September 11th after trying to get in touch but failing. This was after they brought in external firms for assistance in containing the incident. Bleeping Computer also cites researchers at Mandiant who see a possible overlap between Scattered Spider and the Lapsus Group. In addition to overlapping tactics, there's an unusual demographic similarity that circumstantially suggests a connection. Both groups are largely composed of English-speaking teenagers and young adults who are likely breaking their parents' hearts. And finally, someone is really after the police in the UK. A ransomware attack against a third-party vendor has led to the theft of personal data belonging to Manchester police officers, bleeping computer reports, Greater Manchester Police Assistant Chief Constable Colin McFarlane said in a statement, We are aware of a ransomware attack affecting a third-party supplier of various UK organizations, including GMP, which holds some information on those employed by GMP. At this stage, it's not believed this data includes financial information. The record notes that the UK's National Crime Agency is, unsurprisingly, assisting in the investigation— to the NCA and the Greater Manchester Police, we wish you good hunting and some quick collars. Coming up after the break, Betsy Carmelite from Booz Allen speaks about how to leverage cyber psychology. Ron Reeder of Centra outlines the threats for connected cars. Stay with us. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. 
In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. We've grown accustomed to the reality that our connected mobile devices are continuously gathering and sharing all sorts of information about us, and many of us put in a serious effort to minimize that data gathering. But there's another truly mobile device that often gets overlooked, our cars. Ron Ryder is co-founder and CTO at data security firm Centra. There is basically two different challenges that connected cars have to deal with in terms of cybersecurity. So we've uh, touched both of them. So the first one is the privacy aspect, right? So there is, you know, petabytes of information collected every day from these connected cars. Information like, where are you right now? Who is in the car? How uh, awake are you? Uh, Where are you looking? What are you saying? You know, it's it's basically the, the... the most intimate parts of your life are being recorded and uploaded to the cloud for you know many different purposes, whether it's for training models for connected cars so they can eventually provide the capability of autonomous driving, whether it's for security aspects, whether it's for functionality-wise, right? you want to have some sort of safety mechanism on the road to, and, and you have to maybe know, you know how fast you're driving or who's driving fast near you. So, so there's many different reasons that uh, data needs to be collected, but I think the, the core issue that needs to be addressed is the privacy aspect, because if people would have access to this type of information on, on other people, it's definitely the most intimate type of, of information that uh, one can collect on a person. So uh, I think that's the first challenge that we have to address and face and understand, you know, to understand how the data is being protected, how privacy is being preserved, when is the data deleted, what happens if you know, a user you know, is concerned about where is data is going, like which third-party uh, vendors are using it. So it, that's, that's one big aspect. And, and as again, you said, you, you've touched the second aspect, which is the security aspect, right? So obviously the most frightening, I would say, scenario would be to have some hacker control your car and drive you into a, you know, a cliff, right? right? Without you noticing. That's really like the, the nightmare. And, you know, I, I'm, unfortunately, I would have to say that, you know, I'm pretty sure it would eventually happen. 
there is virtually no no way to actually avoid such a, a terrible scenario because the shift to connect the cars to the internet is so strong and the developers and the the security of the the the, the, the software of these machines are so complicated that it's virtually impossible to to avoid in in a hundred percent of the cases uh, a cybersecurity breach that would severely impact or be fatal to a person so I think you know both both are very important to protect and they require different technologies and 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 uh, practices but that's definitely the two major challenges and where do we stand right now when it comes to uh, a regulatory regime I mean do the do the manufacturers have a responsibility to allow buyers to opt out of these things? So first of all, there's uh, GDPR, CCPA, and all the data privacy, uh, data regulation frameworks that already exist today. And they are, you know, they're also effectively basically guaranteeing that the user will also be protected under the connected car scenario. The the Mm. user cannot have its data collected without proper consent, without the ability to delete the data, without the understanding of who else is getting the data from him. If a vendor, a third-party vendor, also gets the data from the data collector, the customer must also know which vendors are accepting the data. So in that sense, I think the data privacy frameworks are, are pretty much adequate in terms of controlling that aspect. So I would say, I, I think today, in today's world, we are covered. I, I would say I'm not into the details in terms of you know how Tesla operates, for example, but it is possible that in order to have a Tesla, it's virtually it would be virtually impossible to drive a Tesla without consenting to mm. data collection. So and it's it makes sense. I'm, again, I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I haven't read all the details of, of the terms of service of a Tesla car, but you know it very much is possible that the only way to avoid in the future, the connected car experience is to not have a connected car. I think that's probably where we're going because a lot of the features that cars will eventually have actually would require being connected to the cloud. It would just makes the developers of cars much, it, it makes them, it, it makes the work for them easier, right? If they, if they require, you know, some sort of internet connectivity so they can you know, offload some of the work to the cloud. So I think it kind of that's kind of inevitable. Right? Today, it's not the case. Today, a car is very much, you know, self-sustaining. But as time goes on, I think as connectivity kind of uh, becomes abundant and, and trivial, I think it's, it will be more and more a requirement to, you know, be collected to the cloud and to collect data if you would actually want to use the features of the connected car. We could see a resurgence in interest in 67 Chevys, right? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) What are your recommendations then? I mean, for for folks who are interested in these features, but also mindful of their privacy and safety, how should they be coming at this? Is this a matter of you going through all the menus in the car, reading the user manual, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I would say at the end of the day, uh, there's probably no way to escape having the, the, both the data being collected and utilizing fully utilizing all the different features of the car. I would say it, it some it some maybe aspects would you know allow 
a driver to disallow the use of you know the, his data being being passed to for advertising purposes, right? But so he might go through all the title, the, the menu, and then find some options that will restrict the the data collection or what, what they, the company can do with it. But at the end of the day, once you buy a, a car from a different for a specific vendor, I would say the vendor would would almost always by default require the data collection to their own cloud. Because I think it's, you know, data is king, right? Like as, as the more data that the vendors, the, da- the manufacturers collect, the more the value of the company becomes, right? It goes up and up because of, because it now has data that it collected from the cars. So it can, you know, research and, it can, and they can develop new technologies using this data and test it. So, so I think it's, it's something that the, the manufacturers, the car manufacturers would never give up on. They would never make it an optional feature. That's Ron Ryder from Centra. There's a lot more to this conversation. If you want to hear more, head on over to the CyberWire Pro and sign up for Interview Selects, where you'll get access to this and many more extended interviews. And joining me once again is Betsy Carmelite. She is a principal at Booz Allen Hamilton for Cyber Defense Operations. Betsy, it's my pleasure to welcome you back. Um, you know, in, in a previous segment, uh, you mentioned something called cyber psychology, and uh, I thought that deserved uh, a little deeper dive here today. What exactly are we talking about here? So we're seeing research, and I'm going to I'm going to quote or or pull from Verizon's. 2023 data breach investigations report that shows that 82% of all breaches are caused by mistakes people make in the course of everyday work. So in other words, um, our behavior is the target and it's often targeting that fight or flight response that we all kind of face when, when we're making decisions. So traditionally, cybersecurity has been focused on protecting systems and information, but as this data makes clear, it's not simply the networks that need protection, but the people using them. So also, again, by the numbers, just 10% of attacks are the result of vulnerabilities, while we're seeing the majority stem from credential harvesting, credential stealing, and from phishing. So is this a matter of kind of helping protect people against themselves, you know, their, their own human nature? There are a few ways that we can help, you know, people shift their mindset. And rather than relying on security of the devices, let's, you know, let's protect our, our own thinking um, and how we, you know, understand the adversary. And, and there are a few ways that, that we recommend that we can begin to prioritize that, that mind, mindset shift to the human being the target here, less the, the technology and the devices. Well, let's dig into that. What do you recommend? So first, understand the adversary. It's funny. I sent my daughter up the street today to play with a friend, and I always say, you know, don't talk to strangers. Uh, You know, 
One of my favorite phrases is, you know, be aware of your surroundings and have that awareness, awareness, awareness. So translating that into, you know, predictable ways that online attacks occur and how threat actors are trying to, you know, understand us, we can leverage cyber psychology and determine what are the predictable ways that we are being scammed online? What What is our awareness in our workforce? Are they trying to disable irrational and clear thinking? So what is the under, what is the adversary trying to do to us? Verizon's research shows that human errors, again, remain at the top for vectors of malicious activity. They take advantage of how we work, our expectations at work. And paired with neuroscience research that suggests the human brain We'll always take the easiest path. Um, we can begin to see why errors continue to lead as the reason for breaches. Understanding how to counter motives such as money, ideology, coercion, and ego can make an attack more difficult or not worth the investment. And cyber psychology potentially shows that focusing security efforts on the ease of entry point may have better return on investment for businesses. So that's that's one way we're looking at at that, how to understand the adversary. How do you suggest an organization come at this? I mean, is it appropriate for the cybersecurity people to be handling the cyber psychology? It it strikes me that that may be a a misalignment. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, that's a really good starting point for for kind of the next two thoughts on on how to proceed and and counter this. So number one, companies should avoid the blame game. Mm. In, invest in understanding the cyber psychology of our workforces. So if you if you take this statistic, uh, the average employee uses sixteen different applications in a day to get work done. That's creating fatigue, that's creating multiple transitions in a day between or among platforms, the decisions that you have to make. And we've talked about this on on previous podcasts, like cybersecurity analysts are faced with so many tasks, so much analysis, how much decision-making are they doing in the day to properly do their jobs and these mental stressors are often the critical catalyst for you know, missed red flags, careless errors. So organizations can put the same amount of energy into figuring out why alerts are missed, why, why alerts are missed, what, what's going on in my workforce, um, how can I understand the psychology of my workforce, what decision-making processes occurred that led up to this point. And then after locating the root cause, prescribe corrective actions as opposed to pointing the fingers or punitive, you know, punitive measures. And then organizations can really model good behavior. A significant number of attacks we see today are the result of stolen credentials, which means it's essential to crack down on the human side of cybersecurity. And organizations have been much too tactical, we believe, in the past in, in how they think about defending against threats. So bringing in someone like a cyber psychologist can help teams with stepping back, think more broadly about understanding the adversary, seeing the forest through the trees. Secondly, organizations can narrow their scope and security teams can 
can limit the attack path. So one of the things that I know I've done with my team, like we talk about periodically, what sort of phishing campaigns are we specifically seeing and how are they specifically targeting organizations? How is our information and LinkedIn, how can that be better locked down so as to not fully expose who we are, what we're doing, what we're working on? And, and that's all part of monitoring the open internet too. Um, look, look at the phishing lures and what, what adversaries could, could uncover to build a threat model and profile against us as an organization or other organizations. A lot of those recommendations really come down to, while I'm not the security team, I can also model good behavior and you know, spread that spread that throughout the organization and not just put the reliance on, on all of the security teams as well. Mm. All right. Well, Betsy Carmelite is a principal at Booz Allen Hamilton for Cyber Defense Operations. Betsy, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. Be sure to check out this weekend's Research Saturday and my conversation with Manuel Hepfer from iStarry. Be sharing their research on cyber resilience. Check it out. We'd love to know what you think of this podcast. You can email us at cyberwire at n2k.com. Your feedback helps us ensure we're delivering the information and insights that help keep you a step ahead in the rapidly changing world of cybersecurity. We're privileged that N2K and podcasts like The Cyberwire are part of the daily intelligence routine of many of the most influential leaders and operators in the public and private sector, as well as the critical security teams supporting the Fortune 500 and many of the world's preeminent intelligence and law enforcement agencies. N2K Strategic Workforce Intelligence optimizes the value of your biggest investment, your people. We make you smarter about your team while making your team smarter. Learn more at n2k.com. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Trey Hester with original music by Elliot Peltzman. The show was written by our editorial staff. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.